0: Work, wealth, wisdom. This is DC Entrepreneur. We're sharing stories, ideas, and lessons from startups and
1: businesses in the pursuit of innovation. And we're helping build a community of problem solvers and thought leaders in the Washington area.
0: Now, here's your host, George Mocharco. This is George Mocharco, host of DC Entrepreneur, here on WERA 96.7 FM. Today in the studio, I have Pierre Malko. Pierre is the founder and creator of Uli, a concierge mobile app for the Arlington area. Welcome today.
1: Hello. Thank you for
0: having me. So Pierre, uh, talk to me about what Uli is and how you serve the larger community here in Arlington.
1: So Uli is a mobile concierge app that uh, connects uh, local consumers with uh, great experiences that are going on in this uh, area. And uh, those could be in the form of uh, dining experiences, could be theater, could be other uh, community events that are going on, uh, any type of events that are that are happening. But the idea is that it's gonna it's gonna provide a way to connect local merchants and and events with the consumers in a in a two way engagement model. So in in one way, if you're trying to do something and you engage Uli and you say, I want to, uh, you know, uh, go see a show, or I want to. Uh, go out to dinner or what have you. Uli uh, comes back with three recommendations that are fit for that purpose, that are personalized based on your history and experiences and that are available. And so there's a lot of uh, work that happens in the in the background to present you with these three options. And the idea behind it is to narrow down the uh, the multitude of, of options that are available and, and bring to you something that's personalized that is uh, very relevant to what you're trying to do.
0: And so how did you come up with the idea for Uli?
1: So there's uh, a couple of things. If you, if you think about the way we, uh, we operate, uh, we either become creatures of habits and go to the same places that we always go to. Uh, or if we go and search for, uh, you know, on, on, online for places that, uh, that either are review sites or what have you, there's usually a lot of results. So if I, if I go to search and I, I come back with hundreds of results, it's not helping me find what I'm looking for. In essence, it becomes more time-consuming to try to find something that's suitable that we always give up and do the same things that we always do. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to create something where the intelligence is in the, in the app itself so that it narrows down the the universe of things that are available to things that are very relevant to, to what you're doing. So there's uh, several issues with search in general, the first of which is that search does not know why you're searching. It knows what you're searching for. So, for example, if I'm... Uh, going out with my friends, uh, and I go search for a certain type of restaurant or a certain type of uh, you know, uh, atmosphere, uh, it's very different than if I'm trying to go out to celebrate an, a, a, a very important occasion with, with my wife. But search doesn't know that. All it knows is I'm searching for a you know Italian cuisine or something that's, that's moderately priced. The idea here is that context matters. So context is in the form of what are you trying to achieve and how can I get you the a narrowed-down list of experiences that match what you're trying to do. And that's what Uli is all about. It's basically coming back with three recommendations that are fit for that purpose, that are personalized based on your history. And as you use the app, it learns more and more and, and becomes better uh, focused on, on what you like. And then presenting you those options so it narrows down that, uh, that field of, of results.
0: And so how do you find the businesses that you partner with for the Uli concierge app?
1: So our partners are uh, local merchants and uh, local establishments that are throughout this, uh, you know, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area, uh, which is our current uh, target market. And uh, they may be local theaters, they may be restaurants, they may be shops, uh, et cetera, or maybe even, uh, you know, organizations that exist in this area. And each of these establishments has something to offer. And the idea is to bring those things that they have to offer to the consumers that live in the in the area uh, they partner with us for a multitude of reasons one is it's a it's a good way for them to engage customers in a two-way communication type of uh, engagement but it's also makes uh, economic sense for them mm-hmm. in, in you know uli is a way for them to uh, to bring people in you know to their to their activities and events and and what's going on
0: and so Uli started as almost an initiative of your parent corporation or parent company, Dante Incorporated. Correct. And so um, how did Dante decide that this was a project that was worth working on?
1: So uh, Dante has been around for about 18 years. I started in 1998 uh, here in Arlington as well. And uh, Dante, for the longest time, was working on uh, with uh, very large companies in the telecommunications, media, and the financial space. And we had a lot of experience in kind of this offer management aspect of things. So uh, we had uh, developed solutions for some of our clients that are running in, uh, you know, 20 countries around the world that are related to offers. Some of the largest uh, media and telecommunications companies use software that we developed to uh, pair up the the right person with the right offer. And so uh, Uli was a kind of an evolution of that uh, mm-hmm. uh, development in, in the sense that it's focused on consumers now as opposed yep. to providing that service to customers but the uh the most important aspect of it is this concept of uh making context very relevant to everything that you do, and also personalization. So in a lot of ways when when uh, you know uh, people are trying to to pair the person with the right offer, you're either gonna you know push that offer to a mass number of people and hope that some of them will will like it. Uh, but that tends to be annoying. So people don't like to be bombarded with uh, with offers. So the idea here is that if I bring the right offer to the right person at the right time, uh, you're offering the consumer a service as opposed to annoying the consumer with, you know, I- information.
0: How does your value proposition differ from something like Groupon or Living Social? I mean, it's, it's not a coupon site, but it, it still helps direct people to businesses. Right. How does it differ?
1: The the difference is in the case, for example, of, of Groupon, the, the merchant has to forego about 50% of what they normally charge for something in order to, to bring a consumer in. And with Uli, it's not always about just saving money. So it's not a, a coupon type. It's, it's more about pairing people with the right experience. So uh, in the case of Groupon, the merchants don't necessarily always recoup that investment that they make. In the case of Uli, they don't have to provide a discount. It, it could be a discount if they wanted it to be. But it co- could also be highlighting something special that's going on, like you know we're changing our taps this week, or we are uh, have this special going on, or, or what have you. So it does not necessarily have to be a discount. It's more of a creating a way to engage consumers with specific things that they have going on, and sometimes it may be in the form of a discount, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, and the uh, the the idea behind it with the merchant is that we it's a pay for performance, so we do not the merchant does not have to. Uh, Pay any money upfront or forego any money in order for them to to be part of the the universe. They could engage in uh, by being a partner, and then as we send them customers, you know they may incur uh, referral fees for that customer.
0: And and how did you approach fundraising for Uli? Is it something that you decided to bootstrap, or is it something that you've been seeking investment for?
1: It's actually currently organically funded, so we fund it by our own revenues. So Dante has a, a very successful business model in the work that we do. We develop uh, custom software for a lot of large enterprises. So that's kind of the, the way we're, we're funding uh, Uli. So we have not sought external uh, sources of funding.
0: And what's the, the larger goal with Uli? Is it to expand to different cities, or is it to really kind of focus on one niche area? Like what, what's What's the vision for the future of the app?
1: So for us, it's, uh, it's really about uh, uh, a lean execution model. So we're experimenting in this area. We're trying to see what's working, what's not working. And, and as we learn from those experiences, we can expand that to other cities and other, other markets uh, as we go. But uh, again, the idea behind it is it's a, it's a two-way to engage the consumer. So in a lot of ways, when somebody's uh, working with an app, you open the app and you do something. Uli can can also push things out to consumers at the right time if if something is is very relevant. So, it could be driven by where you are when you're walking around, or it could be driven by uh, immersion saying, you know what, I need to send something to people that are within a certain radius around me if if it matters to them. For
0: for use of the app, you don't need to. Um go through um, typically what you would need to for information about a city so uh, is the idea also to uh, take the place of what a concierge would be doing at a hotel desk
1: well I, I think in in a sense the uh, concierge you know it 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 automates the what a concierge does but it prov- makes it available to everybody not just people that are staying at a hotel so if i'm uh, If I'm sitting at home on a Saturday, I need to get the kids out of the house and I need something to, you know, figure out something to do, that would be an easy way to use Uli and then Uli comes back with three recommendations. So uh, in a sense, you know, not all of us have uh, a personal assistant or a concierge to tell us those and the app takes the place of that by automating all this.
0: Or can you explain just kind of like behind the scenes, like how the search and the context based search works? Like how are you using data in order to inform your customers?
1: So uh, there's multiple things that go on behind the scenes, the first of which is kind of uh, creating this uh, the personalization. Uh, in this case, we are learning as you use the app and how you react to certain things that are presented to you. That informs our algorithms to say, you know what, George may not care about those things, so let's not push those kind of things to, to George. Uh, so the idea is that we're learning as you use the app. So uh, however you respond to a certain thing that gets presented to you, whether it's through your uh, your uh, requesting, you know, offers to be recommended to you or whether it's when we push something to you. Uh, all that data is collected, and then the algorithms kind of look at that and say, what is the probability that George is going to be interested in this because we don't want to annoy George by pushing something to him. So so that's, uh, that's one aspect of things. The other aspect is uh, kind of the, the time and the place matter as well. So this context is, is in the form of what is it that you're trying to do, where are you at that point in time, You know what's what's the time and everything else, and how those three things can come into play in determining the right thing to present to you.
0: So, are you using any uh, type of like GPS um, technology in order to help with that?
1: So, we use uh, location-based services uh, as as part of this. There are there are two things that uh, work with Oli. One is we have uh, beacon-based technology that's actually deployed throughout the market right now. So, participating merchants and some public. areas like, for example, uh, Crystal City Bid, uh, Roslyn Bid, and other uh, economic development organizations uh, partner with us, and we have uh, beacons throughout those areas. So those beacons serve multiple purposes. They serve as as a way to to present offers to people that are in that area, Um, as well as uh, in the case of merchants, they serve the purpose of minimizing how much the merchant has to do to be able to... to, uh, complete that round trip of somebody pushing, you know, us pushing an offer to a, to a consumer and a consumer coming in the beacon tells us that they showed up.
0: Okay. And so you mentioned working with business improvement districts or bids. Um, how do you partner with them and how does that help with their economic development efforts?
1: So they have a lot of things that are going on, whether it is uh, restaurants that are in their areas, whether it is events that they host and, and sponsor or, or, or whether it's other activities that are going on. And they, they need a way to get that to the right consumers. Uh, the idea here is that usually people are, you know, if, you're, if you live in a particular area, you know about things that are going on there. But if I live in North Arlington, I'm not going to know what's going on in Crystal City. So this is a good way to engage consumers that may not have otherwise been there. So there's uh, lots of examples that I have where, you know, somebody may be looking for something. They found uh, a restaurant in Columbia Pike, which they may not have gone there. But because, you know, it's part of the, the recommendation engine, it may recommend something to you that's not your usual beaten path. And so it, it connects you with the right experiences that are, you know, local, but also it kind of uh, allows people that are outside your immediate geographic area to know about them.
0: What's in it for the merchants?
1: So the merchants have a, an easy way to engage that they can be part of the universe the without having to incur any upfront costs or monthly costs. It's basically a pay for performance. So if you are part of the universe the and if we don't send you a customer, you don't owe us anything. If we send you a customer, there's a referral fee, which is a dollar. So that's uh, it's a, a simple model for smaller. So it's demand based, really. Yeah, yeah. And so it it makes it a risk free way for the versions to engage because they don't have to uh, to pay any ongoing uh, costs to be part
0: of the the universe. And so, talk to me about you're using this term "uliverse." It sounds like you're trying to build a community around that. Do you have any kind of community building efforts that you've used as part of the app's development?
1: We are actually, yeah, we're working a lot with uh, with organizations such as the bids, uh, you know, Cipro, uh, other associations that are around town that uh, are involved in various aspects of this. Um, you know, working with uh, theaters and others. So it's it's really about building uh, relationships with a lot of the, the local uh, organizations. We also work with a lot of nonprofits that are uh, that are in the area that, uh, as a partnership, where we, you know, we provide the visibility to the events they have going on. It doesn't cost them anything, and at the same time creates awareness of of what we have to offer. So it's kind of a a benefit for both uh, organizations from that.
0: There was a great interview done with a Google engineer, I think maybe like a month, month and a half ago, and he talked about how developers are now trying to make mobile and and smartphones in particular um, somewhat of an addictive experience, something so that you know you kind of have to hack into people's brain, not literally, but <laughs> hack into people's brain and, and modify their behaviors so that that's the first place they go for, for information. So how does Oli in, intend to get people to make using Oli as a concierge app uh, a habit?
1: Well, I think the idea is that if you're providing something with a, with a value added or, or a service that's beneficial, they're going to want to use it again. So um, the, that comes in two, in two ways. One is our recommendation algorithm has to be really, really good so that when you use the app and you ask it for a recommendation on something, what we present you is, is uh, the, right, the right thing. So that's one aspect of being useful to the consumer. I think the other aspect is, uh, is kind of this, uh, uh, the, the contextual aspect. And when we're, when we're trying to do something, uh, usually we, we don't have a lot of time to spend on trying to figure out what we want to do. So by shortening the amount of time that it takes to find those good experiences, I think that would be very beneficial to the consumer, and therefore, it would be we want it to be the first place they go to try to find those things.
0: Um, talk to me about how y- you decided to become an entrepreneur and why you decided to found a business and, and start a mobile app.
1: So I uh, when I first graduated from college, I worked for big corporations, and uh, I was doing very well career-wise, but uh, I wasn't satisfied with going to work every day because there was a lot of bureaucracy. Affecting change was something that takes a very long time. And I'm a very uh, results-oriented guy. I like to see results quickly. So that kind of induced me to say, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I'm going to go do something different, and that's why I started Dante. And um, I think it it in a lot of ways, it gives you a lot of uh, flexibility in, in doing things and trying different ways of doing things without being uh, constrained by the... The, what the large corporations have in place because of the hierarchy and the and the multitudes of levels in those hierarchies, uh, it turned out to be very good, and uh, I'm I'm really enjoy it. I really enjoy doing what I do, but it also enabled us to do some incredible things for our clients, and I think those uh, results tend to become source of pride and and kind of fuel our uh, our uh, both our, our our efforts and and our uh, creativity because once you see the results of your work and you see the great impact you're making, uh, I think it helps keeps you going.
0: So, do you, do you feel like you're always going to be on the path of the entrepreneur, or is it something you kind of happened into?
1: I I feel like for me, it, it's something that uh, I always wanted to do, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, working in corporate America for uh, for six years kind of uh, gave me the push to go do something else. Uh, so, I think that's. But but in essence, I feel like I've always wanted to be uh, to be an entrepreneur.
0: What's the most um, interesting thing that you've learned being an entrepreneur? Like what, what's kind of the takeaway that you've learned from all your years uh, being a startup founder?
1: Well, I think one of the most important things is that you get to uh, constantly learn, You're, you know, and you have to not be afraid of failure. Because I think in, in a uh, – when you work for a company – the things that you have to worry about are very finite. So, in, in essence, if you're working for uh, for a, a big corporation and you're in charge of a particular project, that's the scope of your responsibility. But when you're an entrepreneur, you have to worry about a multitude of things. You have to worry about, you know, financial things. You have to worry about, you know, hiring people. You have to worry about uh, a multitude of things. And I think it it opens up a lot of horizons, but it also comes with a lot of challenges. And so you have to not be afraid of failing every now and then, and then learning from those failures and doing something different. So uh, a, a good thing about uh, about this is you are allowed, you're enabled to experiment with different things and see what uh, what the outcomes are. And if the outcome is good, you keep doing it. And if the outcome is bad, you you know change direction.
0: Talk to me about the timeline of Uli. So when did you first start working on this, and uh, where are you at right now in its uh, stage of development?
1: So we started working on it last year, and we got uh, our initial uh, MVP out to the market here just to get some beta users and get their feedback. Um, after taking that feedback in, we ended up making significant changes to the user experience to streamline certain things, and we built up a lot of more capabilities on the, on the back end and the algorithms. So the, you know, the algorithms that have to learn from the multitude of data that comes through uh, have been uh, enhanced significantly. We had a a major release about uh, two months ago, and so now the idea is that to you know we expanded the market here in in the in the DMV area, and we're adding a lot more uh, consumers. And we're going to learn from from uh, what what the data tells us, and then expand it to other areas as well as expand the functionality within the app.
0: Interesting. So tell me how you learn from looking at the data, how, how do you make adjustments to the app based on what you find out from the data?
1: So there's a, for example, we have the concept of an intent. Intents are basically different things that people may want to do. Like I want to see a show or I want to get the kids out of the house or I want to, you know, go out with my friends or what have you. Um, as we add those intents and we see whether people are responding to them or not, that tells us whether this is something that we should add more in or not. That's an example of a, of, uh, Expanding the capabilities within the app without necessarily changing the the software underlying it, but just adding capabilities. But there are also other areas where, um, like for example, as you're you're trying to uh, to present recommendations, one thing that happens is you know you, you ask for a recommendation, we give you three, and let's say you don't like any of those three, you can say give me three different ones, and we you know present three different ones. So one of the things that we measure is how many people are, for example, happy with the first set of recommendations we give versus are drilling further down. Therefore, there are certain things that we need to enhance on the back end to, to improve that because the idea is we want our first three recommendations to be right on. And so, uh, so we, can, we can measure all that and see that how many people are going to page three before they find what they're looking for, or how many are you know, finding that on the first thing. Or, and so all, these, uh, all this data gets collected and gets uh, analyzed, and, and based on that, we make adjustments to our algorithm.
0: And it sounds like you're using that data also to help with the UX.
1: That's correct. So uh, again, the the streamlining the the user experience is always important because you want the uh, the users not to have to do too many things to, to get. So as part of that, we have done a lot of uh, work of integrating other aspects into the app. For example, now if you uh, if you find something that you like, you can reserve it right there. You can book an Uber ride, or uh, uh, you know things of that nature to to create a one stop shop for people to be able to do what they need to do.
0: And do you think that you'll, um, or Dante will focus all its efforts on, on Uli right now, or do you think there'll be other apps in development in the future?
1: I think our entire focus from an app perspective is on, on Uli. I mean, we still have our, uh, our business where we work with our clients on custom software development, and that's an ongoing uh, business that has existed since Dante started. So we're continuing to do that as, as a company. But, but Uli is our main focus from a uh, consumer, consumer app
0: perspective. So I want you to put on your thought leader hat right now and talk to me about what emerging or new technologies you see that are going to revolutionize how we do business in the future.
1: So I think there's a lot of uh, artificial intelligence is becoming part of everything that we do. So that's an area that, you know, on the algorithm side on the on the back end that's, you know, heavily utilized to, to do those things. Uh, there's uh you know some of the other interesting things that are going on which we're starting to get into is uh the the virtual reality type uh, type technologies um but i think so those are you know two areas that i think are going to see a lot of uh, growth and uh are going to become part of everyday life for a lot of users
0: so vr ar AI, and uh ai, AI. yeah yeah, yeah I, I think you know from what i've read it seems like there's there's a lot of um weight that some of the major technology companies are throwing behind it so i i think it's probably going to be sooner here than we think and that presents an interesting challenge for for people that are developing is how do you know how to predict where the market's going to go because right now we're all using mobile devices but if you think about it 10 years ago most people didn't have a smartphone (laughs) so um do you think like the iterations for uh development have to be shorter now since we keep you know finding these emerging or new technologies in a shorter span of time?
1: I think the important thing is to uh, to continuously learn new things uh, and, and keep your eyes open to what's coming down. So I think the, the, part of the problem is you cannot get complacent and, and get married to a particular technology because technology is changing so much. But I think one of the other things that we do very effectively is you can architect your solutions to where you can plug in new technologies as they as they, uh become available in the market without having to change everything you've done before. So uh, that's an important aspect of of how you build your solutions themselves so that, you know, technologies that you're using today can coexist with things that you're doing tomorrow.
0: And for mobile, do you think it's important to build around both platforms, Android and Apple iPhone, or do you tend to stick with one platform or another?
1: No, actually, we we develop for both. And we, you know, it's important to have a native experience. Uh, we've, We've... over the years, we have worked with technologies that try to create a kind of a one solution that works on both, but you end up uh, shortchanging both experiences. So so working with the native technologies of those uh, devices is very important because they create a an experience that's uh, better for the user.
0: And so it sounds like also a big part of what you do is helping market some of the local businesses in the area as being kind of that concierge source. So tell me how Uli um, markets itself. How do you find consumers to use the app and how do you market yourself to consumers in the area?
1: So one thing that uh, that we've done a lot is, uh, you know, using social media uh, as a way to create awareness about the app. Uh, we also participate in a lot of local events. Uh, so, for example, we were at the Taste of Arlington last week where we had a booth and we were talking to people. That's that a fun event, by. right? It is a great event. Uh, we participate in uh, Oktoberfest and, and all, a number of events that go on locally. So we do that. That's one one area. The other area is uh, kind of uh, also working with the with the bids and other thing and, and other organizations to to promote the app and also promote their their events. So it's really about engaging the community and 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 doing it as a two way street where they benefit from from being part of of our app and we benefit from engaging their constituents.
0: Mm-hmm. And and so how do you uh, gauge or measure market receptivity towards the app?
1: I think it boils down to two things is, uh, you know, are people downloading the app? And that's one one area that you get to constantly measure. So if we do a, a particular campaign, for example, we have radio campaigns that go on. And so when we do the radio campaign, we can measure, you know, how many downloads did we get in response to that? And that tells us it was a good investment or, or uh, not a good investment. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we have put uh, advertisements in the metro stations and see how that responds. So, as we do each one of these, we can measure the effect of that. So, it, the idea is that are people downloading the app, and then once they download it, are they using it on a on a frequent basis? Those that ultimately determines whether the app will be successful or not. And I think that's kind of where where we are.
0: Let's go ahead and tell people how they can get in touch with you and how they can learn more about Uli.
1: So uh, the best way to uh, find out about Uli is uh, uliapp.com. Uh, that's uh, the website that will provide you with uh, information about Uli. And, um, you know, uh, you know we, you can visit our website at Dante, uh, DanteInc.com, and get uh, information about Dante in general.
0: Well, you heard it here. This is Pierre Malko from Uli here in Arlington. We'll catch you next time. Up next on the broadcast, will be Choose to be Curious with Lynn Borton You'll catch her in the next half-hour segment here on WERA 96.7 FM.
1: Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and connect with us on our blog, dc-entrepreneur.com. If you have any tips or ideas for stories, please tweet at us or message us on Facebook. Please tune in to our next episode, and
0: thanks for listening.